So here's what I just realized. Uh, I, I had a, a useful therapy session. It was a couple's therapy session. And it was useful. And what was useful was a really simple thing, which was, and there was a lot of different things going on, but one of the things was talking about my feelings. Like relationally, in the moment, here's how I'm feeling in relationship with you right now. And um, yeah, and just being in connection about that. No shit, you say. No shit. Like that's useful. Maybe. So, and I was like, why, like, why is this news? Why is this news to me? Don't I know this? And so, and then I, I was thinking about what happened and here's what happened. So, this is a story. It goes back a long time ago to growing up in England. Um, there wasn't a lot of talking about feelings in general. And my family, while not like strongly against talking about feelings, there wasn't like a lot of it. Like if I imagine it's such a cliche, but like an Italian family that's like, passionate like i hate you i love you oh my god right like my family was not like that we were english and it was very english and so there's that and there's a whole culture about that and then there's like whatever trauma that i had growing up that also impacted my kind of willingness to be relational with my feelings by relational with my feelings i just mean share my feelings as they arise in the moment with the people i'm in relationship with right so this is the thing that was useful about this this therapy session and so growing up in england this was not so much done. There then came a time when I was in my mid-20s and I was kind of starting on a, uh, a spiritual journey, a journey of personal growth and, and, and wanting to transcend the kind of limits of my, of my personality and my, my habits as I, as I had got to at that point where I came across some people uh, in San Francisco specifically um, who were really into talking about feelings relationally and kind of saying, hey, this is this is saying this is useful, like you should do this. And I started doing it and it was incredibly useful. And I was like, oh my God, like there's all of this backed up shitty suffering in me which is now getting expressed and I feel better, I feel clearer, I feel cleaner. I can make eye contact with people in a way that I couldn't before. I feel more in myself. Like all of this like good stuff that came out of it. All of this good stuff that came out of it. And I said at the time, I was kind of like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Like this is my life's work. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna dedicate my life to this. Like this is the thing, right? And this is, de- there's the trick. The problem right there, which I did not notice at the time, was I went, this is the thing. And so I then dedicated the next kind of five or six years of my life to studying this, to getting all kinds of trainings and doing all kinds of trainings, leading people. I worked with the Integral Center and the Authentic Man program as a trainer there and really dove deep into this kind of work, specifically the practice of circling, which is a a variation on this thing. And I saw great changes in myself and I saw great changes in people I worked with and and that came through our courses. It It was a good and beautiful thing. And then at some point, the the suffering, I was still suffering. And the, the kind of high and the value of the sharing my feelings was no longer apparent to me at all. And I started to get cranky about it. I started to get kind of burnt out with the work and I started to get um, 
disillusioned with the the process. I'm like, oh, all this wallowing and feelings, this is really doing anyone any good. And so I really moved away from it. And I went and did some other training. And that's I went and learned NLP, which still pays a lot of attention to feelings, but it has a very different relationship with them. It does not value the kind of relational processing of feelings in the same way that other modalities, for example, circling or maybe something like Hakomi um, would value. So I got into NLP and then and then did other things and just moved on with my life and really stopped engaging in this practice of uh, relational connection, of sharing my feelings in the moment with people I was in relationship with, I just started to feel like this isn't really helpful. And, um, and I was cranky with it. So fast forward a couple years, and I got to a pretty difficult place psychologically and emotionally. I was in a dark, um, isolated place. And I... Um, you know, and I was doing a lot of things right in my mind. I was like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And, you know, I have this great relationship and like I, I enjoy my work. And so I, I there were all of these things where I was like, I'm doing all this stuff right. And I'm, I work out and I meditate and, you know, I eat right and like all this stuff. But like something isn't right. And it was only like reaching kind of like a pretty intense crisis of that. And then reengaging with therapy and getting like, oh, I had stopped sharing my feelings. I'd stopped talking about my feelings. I'd, I'd just kind of let that stuff start to stagnate and wallow and, and, and fester. That's the word, fester, again. And and it was making me ill. I mean, it's like literally made me ill. And so I got into this sharing these feelings and sharing these feelings and, and got better. And it, it, it was just kind of extraordinary. And so, you know, this, the recent therapy session... The recent therapy session that um, precipitated this recording was an example at the end of a long chain of these kind of sessions where I'm like, oh, sharing my feelings, I'm feeling better, sharing my feelings, feeling better. So the mistake I made was when I decided that the sharing the feelings could solve all problems and take away all suffering. And it can't. It's not a, um, it doesn't fix everything, but it's necessary. It's necessary, but not sufficient. So you, you do need to do it, but even when you're doing it really well, it doesn't mean all, all the suffering will be gone and you'll feel happy and well and healthy. There are other things that you also need to be doing as well as sharing the feelings. But if you're not doing that relational sharing the feelings, processing of the feelings and, and connecting in that way, that by itself can make you sick. It's as if there are all of these different nutrients. You can't just slam a bunch of vitamin C and say, I have all my nutritional needs met. Right, like you need a bunch of macronutrients. You need proteins. You need fats and whatever. And then you need micronutrients. And you need vitamins. And you need different kinds of vitamins. And you need different minerals. And right, like you need all of these different things to be well. And a deficiency in any one of them will make you sick. But but that doesn't mean the 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 trap that trapped me was that when I met a deficiency that I hadn't previously been aware of and it made me feel much better, I decided that all I needed to do was meet that deficiency, and then I put way too much weight on on that one vitamin, and then I got sick because I, there were a bunch of other vitamins that I was missing, and then I was cranky, and then I was like, "Fuck this! This doesn't work." And it's not that it doesn't work; it just doesn't. It's just not a, a panacea. It doesn't cure everything.
what's funny is this whole time, like there's a map of this in, in Ken Wilber's work in Integral, which I was totally aware of and even teaching, but just kind of hadn't like totally integrated and it wasn't really living it in every way. Uh, and that, that map is called the Integral Life Practice Map. And so the basic idea is you kind of split up the quadrants that I talked about in the Ken Wilber in Five Minutes episode, um, the quadrants being singular subjective, that's my internal experience, singular objective, that's the, that's the measurable external world, uh, collective subjective that's the we space culture connection relational fields and um, collective objective which is systems of, of things systems of its uh, the kind of the, the broader network of physical reality so those are your four quadrants and then there is also this distinction of mind body and spirit it's pretty self-explanatory so mind is is psychology and even emotional although emotional also moves into body and then body is like physical health also some kinds of emotional health and then spirit is um connection with something larger consciousness clarity of attention things like that so mind body and spirit and then shadow there's also shadow so shadow is more psychological more emotional and it's the it's the unexamined parts of our psyche it's the things that you know earlier i was talking about something festering and so it's the stuff that's festers um, is the shadow and the things that are unconscious and the things that are blind spots, the things that we project out into the world, but that are actually part of ourselves. So, so there's those things, and then you can break the quadrants into self, culture, and nature. And so, and so the idea is that you exercise mind, body, and spirit in self, culture, and nature. So you get this, and then the shadow as well. But you, so you get this uh, kind of three by three matrix. And I don't think like every location on the matrix is like really well defined, but it's just a useful thing to start to map out like, and this is an integral life practice. So it's a model for like, how do I be well, basically, and how do I evolve and how do I grow and how do I heal? And so just having this map of self, culture and nature and mind, body and spirit, we can start to look at the the nine individual uh, locations there and say, am I practicing here? Right? Am I practicing here? And so when I was really kind of diving into this relational practice and thinking that this was going to be it, I was really like exercising mind and shadow in culture. So I was with people, it was relational, it was we. So culture is all kind of synonymous with the, the lower left quadrant, which is subjective, collective. So I was exercising that thing, but I, I wasn't touching other quadrants. So one of the other kind of areas which is really helpful for me is at the moment, for as an example, for me personally, is physical health like and, and body and strength. So that would be body in self, right? So it's just me, it's my body and like how do I work that? But also another thing that's really, really good for me is dancing. And that is body and culture. That's body with others. And even, it's funny, like the, the body practice that I'm really excited about at the moment is a, it's a group gym where there's a lot of kind of relational things happening where you are, you're spotting people a lot of times and you're um, actually kind of physically interacting with people in different ways. So there's a lot of relational. So even that, although it's body and self, a, a, a big component of it is also body and in culture. So those things very different from mind and culture, right? Um, meditation would be sp- uh, self in spirit. 
you know, with a little bit of mind and maybe a little bit of shadow, right? These things aren't, they don't perfectly touch, but this is just a kind of map. It's a basic map that you can start to look around and say, what, what, what could be helpful here? What could be helpful here? Yeah. So that is my, so that's kind of the, the thing that I, I realized is you want to have all of these nutrients and, and the more of these nutrients that you're touching on a regular basis, the more well you are. And I'll speak for myself, the more well I am. And I, but I believe it really generalizes like this. And, and just another little thing about this is like, I know for me when I'm not doing well, um, none of these things seem appealing, right? It's, it's a, a counter instinctual move to move towards these things. So you have to use your mind and your will a little bit because you're if you just follow the kind of like pleasurable felt experience of your body in the moment like that kind of like i'm just gonna follow my desire uh it's never gonna take you to the gym when what you really need is to go to the gym but you'll have a lot of resistance or it's never gonna take you to the therapist to say like i'm gonna talk about my feelings when you don't really ever want to talk about your feelings or in the relationship maybe there's something that needs to be said but you don't say it because it feels bad and it's scary and there's a lot of resistance so in general if you're not doing well then listening to your kind of impulsive intuition about what you should and shouldn't do is not necessarily a good idea a lot of times the useful thing to do will be counter instinctual and you will have to put on your rational mind to kind of figure it out and to try things out and this map is a useful way of doing this just drawing this map self culture nature mind body and spirit and then just look at those nine possible squares and figure out if there's one that really needs attending and you know maybe you're like oh i don't need to talk about feelings what feelings i don't have if that's if that's you then the feelings need attending so there's something about um about shadow work about mind and culture which is mind very broadly including feelings um something relational uh therapy circling something like this um if you if you go like um spirituality what even is that like why would i meditate what 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 even does that matter that's some kind of that's some um superstitious hangover from our past when we didn't really understand things that means you need to meditate just that just does (laughs) you should be sitting just five minutes a day ten minutes a day just start to practice uh training your attention and you can just think about it like that you don't need any kind of spiritual baggage you just think about it like training your attention if you go bodies like who cares like i don't need to be strong i don't need to have be physically you know like i'm not interested in the body i i live the life of the mind i'm an intellectual you know this one that was me by the way more than even the feelings thing like the body thing i was like i don't care about that like it's not important to me it's just was never part of my identity growing up that it's that one is game changing it's life changing actually just starting to engage in your body developing physical strength develops emotional and mental strength it does it's weird doesn't really make sense that it does but it does your physical strength creates a cap on your emotional and mental strength for the most part there are exceptions blah blah blah. but the 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 physically stronger you are the easier it is to be mentally and emotionally strong so that one's important too so if that's if that's you like ah physical strength like do i really need to do that yes go to the gym 
do the bells. Listen to the How to Be an Okay Person episode, The Bells. Learn about the bells, do the bells, something like that. It's really, really great. So if you want to feel more well, I suggest making that map. Very simple, three by three grid. Down the left, you do self, culture, nature. Across the top, you do mind, body, spirit. And you just look in all of those sections and you say, what's the highest leverage thing for me here? Like, where do I feel pretty good? And where do I feel like either I know I'm terrible or even there would be conscious incompetence or even unconscious incompetence. I don't even know, is that a thing? Is that important? Yes, the answer is yes, it's important. Uh, So thank you for listening and be well.